Welcome back to June Bugs, a whole weekend of Bugs Bunny. We've got a lot more classic cartoons to show you, so let's get back to Bugs. Well, stupid, are you ready? Okay, Smokey, roll him. <laughs> That's silly. <laughs> Hello everyone, and welcome to That's Not Quite All Folks, the Lean Tunes Podcast. I am your host, Mark Halem, joined by... And I'm Jordan Schmidt, and um, we are finally finishing our very starry June, and our very fun month of June bugs. And we've had a lot of fun this month doing a lot of bugs cartoons we hadn't gotten to before. We've had some things that we've liked, some things we haven't. We've got three more today that... I think that we had a right to look at, and I think we these run the gamut of uh, of both overwhelming us, underwhel- underwhelming us, and giving us something to really be excited about. Yes. So the shorts we're covering today are the gray hounded hare, the hasty hare, and stage door cartoon. And again, we get a nice mix of different creatives. We get you know a frailing cartoon. Kimson cartoon, a Jones cartoon. We get all these different sort of mentalities. We also get a nice spread of different moments in the Bugs' golden age career from the early 40s to the early 50s. It's a nice little portrait of Bugs at his peak. And I think it's a nice little, you know, bundle of of Bugs cartoons to, to send us off into a month that isn't entirely populated by Bugs Bunny. So the first show we're covering here is The Greyhounded Hare. Ah, yes. It came out on August 6th, 1949. Now, Jordan, I gotta be honest with you. I couldn't find anything actually good oh. for on this day. It was So I'm like, okay, I never do this. I actually went to a newspaper to find this. And keep in mind, this is an actual headline from I believe the New York Times. Okay. Yes, yes, it's from the New York Times. New York Times. And okay, here, here is here's the article. Here's the article. Mm-hmm. New Jersey has planned to ease traffic jams. Police will advise on alternate roads. <laughs> is there anything about about the great uh, ancestor of Chris Christie in there? Yeah, we got it all. This is, this is yes, uh, New Jersey police. Uh, this is a, a little bit of the um, full text that we could get. New Jersey police and highway authorities have devised a plan to relieve weekend traffic jams on major roads, which will encourage the motorists to use alternate routes and may bring into use a helicopter to regulate travel. <laughs> now, I believe at this point in time, a helicopter. Was, was just getting over was just getting over the hump of being called a crazy flying machine. <laughs> yeah, now it's like, oh yeah, it's just a helicopter. <laughs> this crazy motorized flying machine. Damn you! The Grey Iron and Hair was directed by Robert McKimson, written by Warren Foster. Wanna know anything interesting about this cartoon? Uh, the working title apparently was Bugs Bunny Dog Race, <laughs> which that's not a working title. 
that is a template title you put down just to have something there. We couldn't <laughs> think of anything, so we just put that one. Um. So, Jordan, we're trying to tell the people why we're covering this Arnie June Bugs episode and not where I think it belongs. Well, here's the thing, because I think we have varying histories of this one, you and I, uh, because I know this one because this was on a Bugs Bunny VHS I used to check out of the library. I believe one of the same ones that had Duck Rabbit Duck on it. And this was one of the first ones on that tape. And so I watched this through there as a kid before it would be put onto a golden collection. And from that, I do have a lot of fondness for this one. So you'll imagine my surprise when on an early variant of a potential uh, That's Not Quite Awful Folks episode that we were drafting, uh, that this very cartoon, The Greyhounded Hair, showed up as an option. And so I asked Mark, I asked, why The Greyhounded Hair? And he goes, I don't know, I, I just never really liked that one. I'm like, okay. Uh, and I think I might have just said to the effect of, can we do better and we figure something else out. But... Let it be known that in this situation, something in me thought that maybe putting the Greyhounded Hair in an episode for bad Looney Tunes cartoons may not have been a very good idea. And I find it very funny, considering uh, how this watch went. You know, there's another short that a Bugs Bunny cartoon that has the words gray and hair in it that we couldn't yeah. get to this month. Should have gotten uh, yeah, but uh, no, let's, let's go with this one. Okay. So, our short begins. We're at the track. The dog race track. That's where a cartoon takes place. And Bugs comes out into the scene. He essentially goes, hey, where am I? He hears the announcer announcing the dogs. He's like, ah, yeah. A dog race. Yeah. That's I gotta see. Yeah, that's what we're in for. And yeah. Yeah, it's it's very loud setup. It's very much bugs out the racetrack. Roll with it. And and then in this next bed, no bugs is walking through the where the, the, the dogs are. He's like, okay, you know, which one should I bet on? And he just just starts touching the dogs yeah. like oh this is a oh this looks kind of wimpy oh the structure of this one that's so great and then we cut to i i guess our main antagonist yeah. dog where you know he's very much no busy he's checking his teeth it's like oh i'm gonna check the teeth yeah you're good oh, this is a little wrong you should probably go to a dentist yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah I, I do like a bug saying like oh what's your dog don't don't you you like rabbits i do like the dogs only in line which yeah. is no yeah i like it's that just, it's a, a bark that goes into a no yeah i like that i like that and i also like the animation of number seven this dog lunging at him and just sort of like 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 it's a really well animated bit where he's just sort of like like lunging at him and sort of digging himself into the ground and and that's really good and that makes up for the fact that the first couple minutes of this cartoon it's kind of off Bugs is the aggressor in a place where he doesn't have that many people to work off of. And it's just sort of like, okay, mm -hmm. he's doing all these. Uh, I'm not laughing. There aren't really jokes here. Or there are jokes here, but they're not working. And it's just sort of going by. Which is a theme you'll find in this one. Mm -hmm. So, we then get even more dog jokes. Uh, and the names of, of the dogs. You know, it's always this person and there's like a funny anecdote. Did any of them... 
interest you at all? No. Only one of them did. Only one of them did, and it's for the it's for uh, a dirty minded reason, which is Brian's biscuit is hard as a rock. My God, man, take care of that dog. There's kids watching. <laughs> oh well, you know, you see, they didn't they didn't uh, follow Bob Barker's advice, and so no, <laughs> no. <laughs> what have I tried to tell you? Hmm. <laughs> You know, Bob Barker's still alive. I, I don't want to do a joke then for his age. So, uh, never mind. I mean, we already had enough fun with Olivia de Havilland. Let's not jinx that. Yeah. That's not Gene Shiloh, by the way. Still with <laughs> Still us. kicking. Um, so. <laughs> so, here's our road down here. Um, this is where we get, you know, the race begins and the, the little rabbit shoots out. This little robot. Mechanized rabbit, yeah. And this, is, and Bugs is like, Hubba hubba, hey babe, come over here. Cause he's like, wait a minute, all these dogs are chasing this hot babe. I can't let that happen. And I wrote down here, um, so Bugs is an idiot in this one. Yeah, that's the thing. Both the he's an idiot and the hook here seems really avoidable because Bugs is smitten by the mechanical rabbit that the dogs race after. Gets the wrong idea, thinks he has to save the rabbit while also thinking she's playing hard to get. So he's both like. He's both like Sylvester and Pepe Le Pew in terms of um, stupidity and horniness in the same thing. And Bugs isn't usually this stupid. Bugs usually can, you know, doesn't have to be. <laughs> Bugs knows his way around things. And having him be this harebrained, no pun intended, for the purpose of having these gags happen is a bit short-sighted it's off character it is it's very off character though i will say i did like the line where he's just like shivery's not dead i'll save you like yeah. oh yes thanks yeah, buddy of course thanks yeah yeah, yeah. and and there's a so good, yeah the next <laughs> go <laughs> what's the next but what's the next joke after um is trying to save this rabbit what's the joke what happens? I mean, he just starts running after the dogs, and the, the announcer is denoting all of it, and including, you know, and, and some of these are kind of easy. This is usually where Mark goes before that. Are you going to go before that? No. Oh, no. Wow. I, 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 I was just going to say uh, that it's at this point in the short that this becomes Michael Vick's favorite Looney Tunes cartoon. Oh, what? He's beating up the dogs. He's beating up harmless dogs for like 45 seconds. Yeah. Where's the joke? Well, there's some... What's funny about that? This is, I assume, where some of the gags come from. And there's some where he just... Like, there's a good one where he blinds one of the dogs and he's running everywhere. And the second he takes his hat off, he slams into a wall. I like that. But it's also... The joke there is the play-by-play by this announcer who after all of these shenanigans happen, um, does a now I've seen everything and... <laughs> everything and offs himself. Yeah, no, but usually they show that. But it's, there, it's I think it's the point in the 40s where they realize, I think we've shown it enough. Maybe if it happens off screen, it'll be which, funnier. Which, you know, I, I gotta admit, it is funnier if it's off screen. It is. Yeah, like, I, I laughed a little bit at that. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, that's a little better. I mean, there is something about a random distant gunshot that is actually pretty funny. But yeah, I will say so. There is a moment where Bugs 
is he's uh, he's he's reached the rabbit, and I do like the expression work on both. He's yeah. like, "Come to me, baby, come on!" Like I like that from an animation <sighs> standpoint. It's like it's good expression work and posing. Um, yeah, and Not that's when enough. he like it shoots by him. Yeah, and, and he, he has playing a, hard and, again. And, yeah, yeah. He says he has a sexist comments like God. Yeah, these I, I put here this Pepe shtick from Bugs doesn't work especially well. No, it no. doesn't. This is this is Warren pre Pepe, I think, or around the same time. <laughs> um, there's one bit I like here where, as the, I don't know if anything comments before this, but there's a, a bit where the rabbit. Uh, goes across bugs again and he just speeds up a flirtatious line. Hey, Dreamboat, how about you and me make a beautiful music together? That, that was funny. I like that. But a lot of this is just meandering. It is. I mean, it does get to a certain... Like, it becomes a bit more focused when it becomes about Bugs versus Number Seven, who's the the villain of this. Yeah. Who we actually, I mean, we don't know much about him. We have an aggressor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we have an actual aggressor. I mean, the first very good Bugs gag here is when Bugs raises the hurdle so that Number Seven trips himself. But even that went too quickly. Yes, I, I did like. Uh, I did like uh, again. Just this is a very nice Bugs detail. It's just he always has dynamite at the ready. <laughs> So he just like he reaches behind, pulls it out of his pocket, lights it, goes here, boy, take the tick, get the stick, and um, and uh, I'm just saying what I'm seeing here. Uh, Bugs Bunny blows up a dog. Well, I mean, he survives, obviously, but he survives, but he yeah, blows up a dog. I do, I do like that just from the 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 thing where he looks happily back towards us before the explosion. The dog. Yeah, and and yeah, you missed a couple of details there. I hate to be the 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 before that. It's fine. Um, it's fine. No, no. I mean, believe me, I'm I'm just as down on this cartoon as you did. But there is one or two other things here because my think my single favorite shot in this cartoon is after Bug sees that uh, number seven's going after the rabbit again. He stops him. He has this little stance where he's he's stopping himself from fainting, and he's he's doing this I can't look kind of thing. <laughs> I love. I've always remembered that. I. I it's 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 maybe it's because it doesn't have anything to do with dialogue, but it's just a really good move from Bugs. Also, I, I like the gag where uh, Number Seven chases a balloon up into the air, as is as is his surprise reaction to falling. I like that a lot. Yeah, um, we're caught up. Yeah, so we then get this a uh, bulbit where he he's yeah. so mad that it becomes a, a, a bulbit, and he clearly resembles a bull. And then Bugs says. Why, look at that. He's charging like a bull. Yes, Bugs, we have eyes. Warren. So then a, a lesser good bully for Bugs. Bully Pretty much, happens. yeah. It's, it's a pre, it's a forerunner for bully for Bugs where he just runs into a fire hydrant. And, um, yeah. So, you know, the, a, a white flag flies up the dog's tail. He gives up. And we get the ending, which is just less funny, um... Hair-raising, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just a lesser funny hair-raising hair ending. Pretty much. It's 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 so she's mechanical, but not as funny. Yeah. It, it, in fact, like he kisses the, the 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 robot bunny. He lights up. He's like, "Whoa, damn baby, I want some more of that." And he goes in again, and like, you would think Bugs would learn. 
And that's the one thing with long with um hair raising your hair is just like at the end of the cartoon he's like, Yeah, yeah, I know it's not real, yeah. but But that's with that's with people that actually respected Bugs' intelligence. This needs him to be naive yeah, and dumb. This doesn't in order for it to this work. This doesn't. He's so fucking stupid. I mean and Yeah. I, I don't like watching Bugs Party Cartoons where he's a freaking moron. Yeah. It's it defeats some of the ruin, if you will. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say the animation of Bugs getting shocked while being dragged to the finish is awesome. That's Though, good. yeah, that's the good. one question I do have about this ending, where you know the bit at the end where Bugs uh, lifts his head in uh, and and gets shocked again. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but the 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 rabbit goes in head first, and so Bugs is putting his head in not to not to kiss her. But um, to uh, carry out Jordan. some food through the back Jordan. door. Um, so, Jordan. um, we we can't do eating ass jokes on the show, man. We can't. I'm telling that. you what I saw. I'm telling you, it's not my dirty mind. That's what happened. Uh, so yeah, that's where our cartoon <laughs> ends. It ends with uh, Bugs Bunny eating electric booty, which is not a Parliament Funkadelic song. Electric booty, baby. <laughs> oh, that's, that's excellent. Thank that's you. Excellent. I appreciate it. Um, so, yeah. Um, see, the reason I wanted this, and that's how I quit all full um, folk shorts episode, is probably due to how out of character Bugs is throughout the entire thing. I understand the premise. Dogs chase mechanical something to get them to run faster. So, hey, what if Bugs was there instead? This whole story of this short is <laughs> look at Bugs being those dogs that are just doing their job and aren't being a menace to Bugs. Yes, there's one dog who's a menace to Bugs. I do like what they do with him as little screen time as is used for it. By the end of this, Bugs doesn't learn anything. A bunch of dogs have been injured. Oh, except we did skip over a bit where he gets rid of the dogs. They, 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 he sends them into a cab and they go to a dog park so they're fine i guess <laughs> yeah they're, 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 they, don't, they don't go to the same hospital that was in a uh, greedy for tweety there you go uh, that's what yeah that'd find. be great yeah um no, yeah. and like bugs isn't this stupid daffy D daffy could totally do something like this i can believe daffy'd be such an idiot or or greedy that he could be like yes i'm going to interfere with these dogs' jobs but not bugs. It, 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 it's just there was some good animation here. There, there was some good gag work, but overall, I just couldn't get behind this cartoon. Yeah, um, the first half of this cartoon is awful. Um, jokes don't work. Minutes fly by without notable things happening. I mean, look, there's excellent gag work that does save the second half, but really, there isn't much here at all. And there's not a good enough adversary and plot for Bugs. And, of course, this cartoon needs Bugs to be really naive in order for it to work. 
And so it just sort of bobs along without really doing anything good. So it's not a great one. I, 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 maybe it's just my nostalgia that made me think this was better than it was. But this isn't great at all. Um, you know, so maybe it should have been in a, um, you know, that that's not quite all folk, awful folks. Episode. I'm giving this an anvil rating of two out of five anvils. That's exactly what I'm giving. All right. Okay. So something a little better here. Um, we have a rare Marvin the Martian cartoon we have not covered, which is Hasty Hair. This is... This one was released on June 7th, 1952. A famous actor was born on this day, Mark. Um, if, oh. if I were to say that this is a guy that beats everybody up in his movies from the last maybe 10 or so years, or maybe 15 or so years, uh, who do you think that would describe? It's not Keanu Reeves? No, think a little older and not American. Liam Neeson. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Liam Neeson was born on this day. Yeah. Uh, Liam Neeson, uh, who once was a, a an esteemed serious actor before um, he was called upon to beat the shit out of everybody in every movie he's in. He's been in since two thousand eight. Um, Liam Neeson, great actor. <laughs> Loved him in the Lego Movie. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, there's a. Hey, yeah. <laughs> The, the Lego movie came on like a couple of weeks ago, which was just on. I was like, I want to watch it. It was, it was the very beginning. It's like, got to the part with the cop. It's like, that is a new. It's like, it's supposed to be a good cop. Well, okay. Hi there, buddy. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. No, it's not. Liam Neeson must have had so much fun with that. <laughs> I think he also voiced his own character's parents as well, which was great. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that he must have had a lot of fun. Yeah, which was a fun, fun fact. A Lego movie. One of the best actual experiences I think I've had because we saw that movie and we were very much like, okay, because everyone's like, this stuff, it's so much better than you realize it is. I'm like, okay, fine. So we're watching this. I'm going, okay, that's funny. That's good. That's good. That's good. And then there's a moment where they're on a boat and and they're trying to do this plan and they need a hyperdrive. And Batman's like, Oh, well, we're in the middle of the ocean. How are they supposed to get hyperdrive? And then the Millennium Falcon comes in. Star Wars music blaring. I'm like, this movie's awesome. It really is. This movie's awesome. I haven't rewatched it in a while, but I I really enjoy this movie. And I think that without something like this, we wouldn't have had things like Enter the Spider Verse and. You know the TMNT movie is coming out in a couple months, or maybe coming out uh, in a month in less than that, because this is coming out at the end of June. Yeah, coming out in August. Yeah. Oh, August. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, no, but it, it's a great movie. But yeah, Liam Neeson, awesome. The one rumor I've always heard in the last couple of years about Liam Neeson is that he's he wants to do a Naked Gun remake. I think Seth MacFarlane was trying to do a Naked Gun remake with Liam Neeson, and it never and hasn't happened. I think that would actually be really funny. Yeah, he, he could he could make it work. Yeah. You no, know, to just do. I mean. They, what they would probably do is they'd probably maul it after Taken. They'd probably make it so. like, like some of uh, oh, like a Taken spoof. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it'll work. Yeah. But what they have to do first is film a 13-episode season of, of a show. Then it gets canceled. Then right. everyone's like, can we just do a movie then? And then they yeah. do it. It's like the best comedy movie. Also, for the record, yeah. if any of you uh, have never seen an episode of Police Squad... Watch an episode of Police Squad. It's fucking hysterical. It's the kind of funny that I wish more people appreciated. But yeah, Police Squad, great. Naked Gun movies, great. Liam Neeson, great. Okay, Hasty Hair. 
Uh, Chuck Jones directed this. Michael Maltese wrote it. Uh, this is Marvin the Martian's second appearance, I think. Don't quote me. I think it is. Um, but yeah, this is different than a lot of the Marvin shorts of lore because it takes place in a very Chuck Jonesian forest rather than <laughs> entirely in outer space. It's, it's so clearly the rapid fire rabbit season yeah. in the forest. It's like, oh, which again, it's a great design of a forest. Well, they were working why on those around this time. So like, you know, I see why they went back to that well. Because um, again, 1952, this is the same year that Rabbit Seasoning comes out. So they're playing in that world a lot. Maybe this is why they didn't go back to this exact forest in Duck, Rabbit, Duck. Because, well, we had already done another one in that forest. Why don't we do something different? I don't know why I used Frizz for that, but okay. Um, well, well, why was Frizz there? <laughs> hey, Frizz, this isn't your... your, your I'm telling you what you should do. You should listen. Um, Frizz, do, do, do you see me going to your special Tweety meetings and pitching uh, ideas? No, because I won't fucking let you. Nobody wanna. <laughs> but I can do it to you. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, this is, this is a Marvin cartoon taking place, a lot of which on Earth rather than on uh, Mars. So that's a different, that's an interesting change of pace. All right. That being said, however, this cartoon starts out with some amazing space backdrops and stuff of all the ship passing through planets and going down into the Earth's atmosphere. And it looks so cool. So it starts with space things. <laughs> Ain't no doubt about it. Um, um, yeah, space things. That's an all-timer gag. Just me just pelting you with Randy Newman. I've always enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, there's some space things. Um, but yeah, so Marvin lands in the forest. And I, I love the little muted brass tune as Marvin reads the note about his objective to return a live specimen to Mars. Um, basically, we have Marvin and K-9 roaming around this typical Jones Bugs forest setting. Um, also, I like the gag of K-9 passing little notes with very easy messages, like uh, K-9 reporting for duty, or look down! Which is a fun way of getting around him not talking. It's like, alright, if he doesn't have to say things, but he can just pass notes like a sixth grader. And they do a fantastic note guy later in this cartoon. Oh, I love it. that one. So. I love that one. But yeah, no, just as it is already, just establishing the gag, it's already really funny. But yeah, you know, there's, there's this great Bugs intro gag where uh, they're, uh, Marvin and K-9 are, are peering over Bugs' rabbit hole and they can hear him uh, singing him singing to himself. I like that, you know, because he's singing kind of calmly as, as they listen in and then him getting suddenly louder and more obnoxious as he dunks his his cat carrot stems out like Bugs thinks that they're trick-or-treaters. And um <laughs> I think there's a line I think after they after they don't like his um 
his gi- giveaways of little lollipops. He's like, hey, how Halloweeny can you get? Which I love those delivery because it's just like, hey, how Halloweeny can you get? Eek. Gulp. What's up, Doc? Mel can still bring it. So they bring a lot. Of, it's fifty-two, of course, again, but also just throughout this short, Mel as bugs in this. I guess like it's like another level for him. It's like it's even like there's a little more oomph to the bugs performance and what he gives to it in this cartoon specifically. Well, this is also one that's kind to him as a reactionary thing. Yeah, which which also is is really which good. I like. But yeah, no, uh, the portion of this that I'm familiar with and you're familiar with is a portion that was used on some of the Golden Collections, which is Bugs' expressions as he realizes that Marvin and K-9 are Martians. There's such great detail on a lot of his little expression work is his, his amazement. And I also love that as Marvin explains, you know, you know we are, we're going to be going back to Mars. And, and, and Bugs is a little... We? Oui. I love that. And then Bugs... Runs on too eagerly and does this little train conductor gag because he he calls out all the stops as and Marvin and K nine forget that they're actually there's like okay we got to get on the train and, and take off as he's the conductor and I love that we see the moment where Marvin realizes they've left without bugs and they got to go back <laughs> the ship just pauses in place yeah, I just I just love Marvin gets off the ship and he's like. Well, that wasn't a bit nice. How dare you? I like that. Why'd you do that? Some of the middle of this portion is a trend that I think populates a little too much of this cartoon, which is Chuck Jones being a little bit too talky. Not too much, just a little bit. Like, we have this bit where Bugs manipulates Marvin into thinking that K-9 is trying to mutiny just because of the... I mean, and, there, and there's some good details here and, and, and just some little things that Bugs does. To screw with Marvin. And I also really like the timing of Marvin disintegrating K-9. And then K-9 handing him another bulletin, which is in cursive, instead of just typed out. <laughs> Dear Marvin, what have I done? <laughs> Sincerely. Anonymous. <laughs> I love that. Not even just the cursive. Like he's been sobbing writing it. Um but yeah, no, eventually they do take off and because they, they again they shoot bugs with a straight jacket gun, and I do like Bugs' horrified oh. yelp as he gets shot with a straight jacket. Okay. He has such great reaction like- in this one. The yelps in this. Uh, Mel does a specific sound yeah. in this as, as bugs. I can't explain it. I'll play it right here. <laughs> I can't explain it, but it's like a sound he doesn't do in any other, like, Bugs Bunny cartoon. It's, like, it's, like, it's a very distinctive yelp. That's, it's funny, but it's also like, how is that sound? It's like he never makes that sound. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they come on a good day. I don't know, but uh, yeah, he has this like this distinctive laugh that's like really good. Um, yeah. So they're now in space. Yeah, and I like the little label that they put on bugs. One overconfident Earth creature, which is pretty funny. Nice, nice. Um, I'd heard about because before I saw this cartoon, I'd heard. 
Jerry Beck's brief description of it in one of the Looney Tunes coffee table books, I believe the complete visual guide. Um, and he mentions this gag as one of the highlights where Bugs convinces K9 to get him out of the straight jacket by saying, this, jack this jacket just ain't my size. And it's a simple gag, which is why, you know, it, 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 I'm not exactly bowled over by it, but I love the reveal that the ship just has several uh, different other sizes of, of straight jacket that K9 just sort of leaps through. And then obviously it, it, it leads to Bugs, you know, tying up K9 and then sprinting into the main command of the ship and exclaiming they've struck an iceberg. <laughs> I love that. An iceberg in space, a, sure. A, an iceberg tied a Titanic joke in the 19... You see, that's how you know enough time has passed. It's yeah. 1952. We can make Titanic jokes now. It's okay. <laughs> I was just reminded of your of your your bit from the Lunatics Unleashed uh, episode of just writing in your notes. Ah, uh, yes. Iceberg, ho! Great moments in writing notes for podcasts. Sure, yeah. But yeah, you know, like, oh, we made an iceberg joke. Who's going to be mad? The survivors? Wait a minute, there's still survivors in 1952? Whoops. Yeah. Um, anyways. Oh, well. Yeah, Kate Winslet's still alive. Or is she Gloria Stewart at that point? Um, <laughs> no, but just... Spoilers for people who haven't seen Titanic. Um, yeah. No, but that, that oh. would be... That would be just uh, again. I, I brought this up, but I still have, have this idea of like old people watching Looney Tunes cartoons and then like they get like thrown off by it, like watching in three D. Oh Jesus! Or like, um, or yeah, it's like you survived the Titanic with your grandkids. You're so thankful to be alive. Iceberg ahead. It's like thanks. <laughs> just getting old. Sure. Anyways. Uh, sorry, sorry, go. No, no, you're good, you're good. Um, I like that, you know, after Bugs has captured both uh, Marvin and um, K-9, he puts two labels on them. Uh, two disgruntled Martians, which, yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> now, the end of this, where <laughs> as Bugs takes control, the anchor, he throws the anchor off of this, and it hitches a moon and drags the rings of a planet and all these stars... It's wonderfully abstract, and it's very Jonesian in the right way, and I wish he would have gone more into detail about things like that. He gets the moon, the stars, and the sun. John Glenn was very pleased. Ah, um, uh, yes. But, but yeah, no, he's dragging all of these with him back to Earth, and we see someone working in, like, a, a, like a planetarium or, or We like see a, a scientist who looks suspiciously like Frizz Freeling a little bit. Yeah, and he's supposed to be uh, a caricature of Frizz Freeling, which... I mean, that does explain why Freeling was coming in and dictating all the cartoons, because, and you can't have anybody that looks like me. Just Frizz leaves the office. Okay, so, um... So we're gonna do that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's this silly ending with this astronomer that we've just seen, where he quits. Upon seeing, um, in the telescope, just bugs the moon, the stars, and planets right in front of him. He just, and with a ship, he, 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 he pens a note saying, I quit, um, all this makes me want to take up turkey farming. And he goes outside, and Bugs basically is like, "Hey, um, do you know anybody who could use a uh, slightly used spaceship?" And he can't believe it, and he yelps away. <laughs> and just Bugs last line of like, "What's that guy's problem?" Da, 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 da. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, non sequitur ending, sure. Yeah. yeah. All right, so the lack of a great deal of substantial gags holds this cartoon back quite a bit. And it's sad considering how many great space ideas, backgrounds, bugs, expressions, and sounds, and Marvin and K-9 moments there are in this cartoon. The shell of a great cartoon is here. The emphasis is just more on story than on gags, and that's why it doesn't pop as much as it should. I do like a lot of this cartoon, and I like, I think a lot of it does work, but it's not all the way there for me. I could have used some more of the gag work that they would master in something like Hairway to the Stars or um, the second half of uh, Duck Dodgers. So, you know, like it, but it has some flaws. I will say, I think Mel gave a great performance as Bug in this. Yes. Uh, Marvin, like always, is a great foil. Very nicely done backgrounds, because they're freaking rabbit seasoning backgrounds. Of course they are. Um, I really like the mutiny joke for some reason. And just the idea, I was like, yes, our dog's going to take over the operations. Sure. Um, I really enjoyed the bug short. However, I feel the ending actually could have been a little bit strong. I feel it, it kind of yeah. went out on a bit of a whimper. I, I, I don't know what else you could have done with bugs in space that they wouldn't eventually do later. Yeah. Um, that, that even Chuck would do later and that wouldn't be as funny. But um, it's a really good cartoon that definitely could have been improved upon. Yes, of course. Uh, I'm giving this one a 3.5 out of 5. I'm giving it a 4 out of 5. And that's fair. All right. Let's end June Bugs on a classic. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, so this is Stage Door Cartoon. Now, Jordan, you said you had a really good on this day for this one, so hit me. Oh, boy, do I. Because this came out on December 30th, 1944. On this day, Hans Asperger publishes his paper on what he refers to as Asperger Syndrome. Relevant for a few reasons. <laughs> uh, basically, and what's what's been lost to a lot of time is, is that what a lot of the initial formations and symptoms of Asperger Syndrome, or this stage of autism, is to separate the functionality levels of different autistic people, the ones that could be of use to the Nazis and the ones that uh, couldn't. And so basically that nomenclature extends exactly to how useful an autistic person can be to a fascist society, which is a little funny in hindsight, considering that, uh, you know, there's worries that, um, once a lot of the fascists in power get done dismantling laws for queer people, women, and people of color, that they might go for uh, autistic people next. And it's a genuinely scary thought. And again, not to put a damper on, you know, this fun, goofy podcast we're doing about the Looney Tunes, but a lot of our listeners, uh, not all of them, but quite a few of them, uh, do fall under the autistic umbrella or, the, uh, or do identify as autistic. And... You know, I don't think I'm saying, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here. So, um, yeah, no, a fateful day in the history of this ubiquitous disorder that, whose name we don't even friggin' use anymore. So, yeah, that stuck out to me. I didn't Frizz look up Freeling. anything for it. That was the yeah. yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Frizz Freeland directed this one, written by Michael Maltese, and boy, can you tell. Uh-huh. Uh, 
So some uh, some fun facts here. Uh, this cartoon title is a parody of the 1943 musical film Stage Door Canteen. Yeah. And if, if you don't know, the gimmick of that movie is that it was a musical that also featured a lot of Hollywood stars playing themselves. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the whole thing was that, you know, it's 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 like a very Hollywood-type thing where, um, you know, it, it takes place in, in real-life Hollywood where this show is going on uh, and you get people like... like there, there's so many celebrities in this movie, but, like, you get all of these different types of people. Like, okay, Edgar Bergen plays himself. Uh, Ray Bolger from... Uh, Going with uh, Wizard of Oz plays himself. You get people like Catherine Hepburn in there as herself. Uh, Harpo Marx, Ethel Merman, Paul Muni, George Raft, uh, Edwin, Johnny Weissmuller. Uh, the list goes on and on and on and on. And it's the whole thing where yeah. it's about Hollywood taking place in very much Hollywood, where all these stars appear as themselves. And not too many stars appear in this one, but they took the title from it. Yeah. Which, I would say, man, I'd love to see those type of movies again. But also, like, I, I feel like, you know, like, the Jimmy Kimmel Oscar shows he does every year? Where, yes. like, there's, like, a big bid where he gets a bunch of celebrities together. And that's the, and that's pretty much the joke, is, hey, we got all these celebrities together to do something stupid. And that, that, that's kind of close to that. He did ha- yeah. all have them sing at one point, as I know very well. No, I, I just remember the one he did... Where the main spokesperson for the celebrities was Gal Gadot, and um, you know, even <laughs> when she's being herself, it, it's it's not very convincing. Let's see. Um, oh, in Looney history, is this is actually really big one, considering this is also our theme. Um, this is the first cartoon to feature Bugs' signature song "What's Up, Doc" playing during the title card, and yes. boy, can you tell it's a first attempt. Yeah, it's, it is. It's very, it's very big and bombastic, and like all the like the wrong ways. Like, oh, okay, first yeah. attempt. You tried. That's you good. know, they'll get there. Um, this cartoon has a lot of forerunners of things, and and I'll get into this eventually. But this cartoon yeah. has a lot of forerunners of things that would eventually be streamlined in future Bugs Bunny cartoons. There's an early version of the song from Bugs Bunny Rides Again. Early versions of the gags from Hair Doing High Diving Hair, and an obviously an early version of Yosemite Sam that shows up here. So yes, it's. And I'll, and I'll detail what exactly this makes me think about it, the cartoon, when I, when I get to the end. But it makes this very odd feeling once you've seen a lot of the later ones that have done it better. Yeah. But still yes. good, though. And this was my selection. Um, I, yeah. I chose this short because, frankly, it has one of my favorite endings to any Legion's cartoon. Oh, it's such a great ending. I, I remember as a kid... Dying at the end of the ending and the meta nature it took, because like, because like as yep. a kid you don't expect that to be the to happen in a Legends cartoon. How they do it, and it was just oh my god, this is the most genius way to end a Legends cartoon. And uh, yeah, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. So we begin. It, it, it's 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 Elmer versus Bugs cartoon. And yes. Elmer is he has a fishing rod. He's telling us all. It's like, oh, I bet you think I'm going fishing? No, believe it or not, I'm hunting a certain wascoey wabbit. Uh, wabbits love cowards. It's good to hear that done better than a hair remover. As um, he just throws the carrot out out there, and Bugs just comes up, and it's um. It's somewhat hmm. early. It's early 
ish bugs, but it's like it's yeah. like formed. Like it's not fully formed, but it's like pretty much there. Um yeah. it's like, oh we know like well, I'll do it. Probably eat myself in the morning, but why underrated bug sketch phrase. Yeah. She just puts <laughs> on to Elmer, tugs on it, Elmer's like, Oh my god, I got the rabbit, I got the rabbit. Gorgeous bug just gets up and goes, Hey, what you doing there? Yeah. Uh, get the rabbit. It's like, uh-huh. Yeah, it's like harder. Here, here, give me the fist. Go, go. And he just shoves Elmer into the hole. Great. I like that. Um, it's it's a very good establishing gag with bugs because it already just gets us on the right foot. And even if we only have this one gag, really, in the forest, like it's it's just a very good one that establishes a dynamic between bugs and Elmer and yeah. gets us going. So the the chase begins, and this short takes place. It, it's on the it's on the sign. It's a vaudeville show. A vaudeville yes. show is going on because this is the forties, and people know what that is. Yeah, and um, yeah, and they and no bug just goes in, and <clears throat> um, oh hey, it's a stage door. Yeah, of the famous stage door cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which uh, I, I, I do like, um, just Elmer walking like, which way to go? Which way to go? Where to go? Where to go? Where to go? I like this one. It's, it's classic. Bugs I yelling, here, here I am. Which is, he's doing an impression of a uh, Red Skeleton character. Of course, of course. One of the many they do impressions of in these. He comes into the dancing girls, right? Yes, the dancing girls, and just... And yeah, just Elmer just he like does like one part of the wolf whistle, goes up to the balcony seat, <laughs> finishes it, his head turns into a wolf, which is very like Tex Avery. That's a great every energy there. Uh, I like one of, I, I like the Yeah. Yeah, I just love the reveal of just and there's bugs. He's a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> and a confused Elmer has to readjust, like Ugh! <laughs> Not sexy. <laughs> Which means Elmer for a second. Just running down the stairs trying to hide a boner. <laughs> uh, um, Not the only time in his cartoon he has to do that. No, as no, <laughs> not yet, not yet. Um, we then we then get this bit where, and I believe this is a classic Tunes gift moments. Um, right here. Yes. Where Bug has to dance because, like, you know, it's like, okay, now next joint, I'm gonna do a dance. won't let him leave the stage. And it, it, yeah, and I mean, I'm like, oh shit, it's from, that's the music from Blooper Bunny. <laughs> like, hey. No, it's from uh, Bugs Bunny Rides Again. Yeah, 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 that's true, that's true, yeah. Now, now, now look, I, I will say, I adore the one in Bugs Bunny Rides Again. The, the, the take it, Sam, is just so silly. But this is a different type of funny because, again, Bugs has to stay up there and keep at it, keep the smile on his face, no matter how many times he has to tries to get away. And he, he he keeps at it, and he still ends strongly. And it's just funny just seeing him keep 
going and keep dancing. As you could just tell the sweat's running down the back of him. I just, I just, I was like, like, okay, like, okay, ladies and gentlemen, my next trick, um, I'm going to, and we just cut over to Omer. I mean, he's in a piano, and the in the piano, there's like claws at the end of the, uh, the end of the piano, um, the stand. <laughs> it's just like crawling into, onto the stage. I love Mel's delivery of just. You're a wonderful audience, and, and, uh, my next number will be a piano solo. And this is a typical piano gag of Seattle cartoons, but it's so funny just to see just Elmer inside just getting hit with the, uh... Slaps the, the top of it. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> that cracked me up. You know, it's 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 a for, it's a precursor to something like Rhapsody Rabbit or, um... You know, or any of those of the folks in the piano. And there's some good gags here. But I, I like especially the animation of, of Elmer inside the piano being popped around. And he gets shot out of the piano. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the curtain goes up. And oh, what, my God. This cracked me the fuck up. Because it's like, me okay, too. okay. The curtain goes up and it's Elmer choking buttons. It got me so bad. Like, all right. Just... Which it's so silly. You don't see often. You don't see that often. Where like Elmer like causes like physical harm to bugs, but just it's so silly. Just the cut and just like that wasn't there before, and then all of a sudden, okay, now he's just strangling bugs. <laughs> and then at that moment, Bugs realizes that Elmer has stage fright, and then uses this as he's setting up the the high dive thing and just grabs him closer every time he tries to get away. It's so silly. It's, it's it's the same energy as Tweety realizing that Sylvester gets seasick and giving him more and more things to be nauseous yeah. about. It's like, yeah. all right, you stage fright, you got to stay on stage as long as possible. So they do this high diving act, which... <laughs> it's very silly. Now, ladies and gentlemen, my partner will not dive into the tank which you see here. Tell you what he's going to do. He's gonna dive into an ordinary glass of water. I just love how he says that. Tell your buddy's gonna do it. Elmer just, he just falls off. He falls, 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 starts praying. And very much an early predecessor to high diving hair. Oh, of course. Which is ran by Ted Pierce, so I don't know how that happened. Anyways, um... <laughs> The shot of that one, the shot at the end of it of, of Elmer crammed into the glass of water is very funny. He looked he looked like one of the seven dwarfs when he's all punched up a bit. Yeah. Stuttery. Yes. Um So um, Oh god. We then get this classic this this is like sort of one of the uh, again, another classic moment here where yeah. you know they're back on stage they're behind the, the, the stage and Elmer thinks he's got bugs and bugs just you're on. Wim is like, you're on, you're on, here, put on this costume, go, go, and it's Shakespeare. Yeah. Elmer has to do Shakespeare now. Elmer doing Shakespeare. <laughs> but soft, what light, through yonder window breaks, you know, just something like that. And then Bugs is coaching him from there, and it just turns into Bugs giving him faces, and then, like, he's making faces to the audience as he's being booed. I, I love that. It's a classic. It's just, it's just the size. It's like, is it silly, isn't he? Well, what are you waiting for? Throws tomato, curtain falls. Yeah, and again, <laughs> the curtain falls, the curtain raises, and again, they're strangling. <laughs> it's that simple. 
you, you, you open on a strangling thing where there was no strangling before, and I'm going to laugh. Oh, God. <laughs> this next bit. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, the stripping talents of Elmer Fudd. <laughs> I laughed so hard at this. I, I mean, it's Bugs' arms taking off Elmer's clothes. I love Elmer's face as this is happening. He's got a really fun design in this cartoon in general. He's a little skinnier than usual, and so he's got the Bugs with El- just Elmer with skinny Bugs' arms just sort of like taking off his shirt. And again, the little moment where you can see Bugs's smiling face behind Elmer for a split second. So good. It's so good. Oh my god. And then it, the, the curtain drops right as his drawers drop. And it just it rises so briefly and was like <laughs> just got back down. So silly. Alright. Oh god. And now the ending. And now the ending. So Elmer has essentially flashed everybody. Yes. As we, we, I actually know, we, we cut to the audience and Bugs is putting on a sheriff's costume yes. as a sheriff man who's essentially early Yosemite Sam. The voice is yes, there. It's, 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 it's Yosemite Sam's dad. Let, let's, let's, let's make it yeah. canon. That's Yosemite Sam's dad. Um, sure. Yosemite Phil. Exactly. It just, like, listen, sir, you know, I'm, you're being arrested for indecent exposure. <laughs> we'll have you up in the hooskow. You know. Uh, <laughs> They're taking him away. <laughs> and then you just hear... Say, just a moment. Hold your horses. It's one of them the Bugs Bunny cartoonies are coming on. Uh, just don't on that there critter's doing. Son, I ain't a gonna miss this one. What's up, Doc? Oh, oh. <laughs> oh wait! Bugs oh, Bunny. Oh, I love that squat scallywag. I love his cartoons. <laughs> Sit down here. And so it's the Looney Tunes. This very Looney Tunes cartoon comes on. And we start watching it with the sheriff and Elmer, which is a very early meta gag that's just wonderful. Fantastic. <laughs> and he's really, it's like, oh, I love that rabbit. He's like, slaps Elmer. It's like, oh, it's great. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's yeah, just being the worst. As we then see on the screen the moment, the exact same animation of just Bugs putting on the sheriff's jacket. And we're just looking over like, aha, you twixter, you're the wabbit in disguise. Get out of there. He takes off his clothes. It's a current theme in this one. Um, yeah. As, as it's revealed, it's a guy. It's a dude. He's a real person. And just the sheriff saying, you'll swing for this, sir. <laughs> just... So good. Oh my god, what a great twist that is. It's just like, alright, we, we see this, but we see exactly what uh, Freeling and, and Maltese want us to see. And it's actually and a really good is, misdirect. This is, that's that's a very, like, like Maltese sort of mentality of writing. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it ends with, you know, like, da 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 da, and we see the conductor, it turns around, it's Bugs. We've got a million of them. 
fantastic. Perfect. What one of the best endings to any Bugs Bunny cartoon, I would say. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. So, do you want to give you your final thoughts uh, first? Because yeah. I think mine sure. will counterpoint yours. <laughs> counterpoint. All right. Um, this is a really, really good one. Uh, on one hand, you can make the criticism that this cartoon is more of a sampler or preview of other better Bugs shorts down the pipe, as a lot of the gags would be done better later on. I would, to an extent, agree with that, that, you know, well, you can get good gags here, but you can see them done better in, th- in you know, Rabs of Your Rabbit or High Diving Hair or Bugs Bunny Rides Again or any of those. But having this all here in this 40s Bugs Elmer energy with so much else going on and a really uh, a really fun setting and this awesome ending is still something really nice. I think that having 1940, like early 40s energy and early 40s Bugs and Elmer energy as well coursing through this cartoon, so much works by osmosis and so much is really funny here. And I think that while it's not perfect, I think it's still very impressive and is undoubtedly a classic. Yeah, you're like, is this essentially... Okay, up in here, is this essentially a Michael Maltese tryout reel? Is this essentially the loony gag people thinking of pitches for George, then later going, hey, remember the here's the thing, though, right? Imagine how much fun they must have had coming up with this cartoon if years later they're like, hey, remember that one gag we did where, like, Elmer Fudd jumped off the high head? What if we did an entire short of that, but just every Sam? Yes. Like, hey, remember we did that one gag? Like, it must have stuck with the people who made this short to be like, this was really good. This was really good. We, we gotta do this again because it was so damn funny the first time. Yes, there's a lot of seedlings here that lead back to later cartoons. And in, in a good way. It's like, okay, let's build off of this and make something funny out of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I, I consider that a win because also it's like a best of compilation, but it's fully animated. It's like, oh, yeah, these yeah. are all incredibly good gags all put together. It's awesome. Um, this cartoon is fucking funny. Um, a great showcase really for Elmer and Bugs. A fantastic, I, 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 you know, it's so funny. It's like, oh, since I just spent a month watching Bugs Bunny cartoons, I can't think of a perfect short to end June Bugs on mm. than uh, Stage Door Cartoon. It really, really is. It's it's a it's a gem, and it's one that I hadn't thought of in a long time, admittedly. But it's one that I think works really well, and I think is a perfect f- foreshadowing of a lot of the different writer mentalities, especially Michael Maltese would bring to the character, even if it wasn't always through with Elmer. So I I think this one's excellent. Yeah, and no surprise here. I'm giving this short a uh, 5 out of 5 animals. Okay, I'm only going to give it a 4.5 out of 5. That's fair. There were some little things I I knocked off, but it's absolutely wonderful, and uh, it deserves all of the love. So that brings us to the end of June Bugs. Yes. Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy this as much yes. as I did, man? Because, like, this is so much fun. <laughs> you know, I'm glad we got to a lot of these. Uh, there were a lot that we had a lot of fun with. You know, I it it's good to, to just have some bugs time. I mean, we, we've tried to stagnate them, obviously. We've tried to, you know, not rely too much on bugs. But I think just every once in a while, just hitting ourselves with ones we haven't done yet or just getting back into the nitty-gritty of this character in the Golden Age, I think, is needed. And it makes weeks like there are months like this all the more special because we can just say oh yeah all of these are really there oh yeah i like when they do this or you know so uh i'd be down for more similar voyages into purely bug stuff 
as we do other things in the interim. Yeah, because we'll see. I mean, there's two bug shorts already that I'm like, oh, I really want to look at the, these two Bugs Bunny cartoons. We have, we had no time. Ah, but uh, yeah, we'll we're not going to run out. There's so many. <laughs> All right, let's see what you guys had to say about these uh, Bugs Bunny shorts. All right, uh, our comment is from uh, colleague and other Looney Tunes Twitter account uh, at Looney Terrace or my Terrace Club. The they have their great like on this day stuff that you know. If, if you don't follow them, you should. Uh, he says uh, the Hasty Hair and Stage Door cartoon, a classic Bugs and Marvin encounter, and a classic Bugs and Elmer setup. Yes, both of these are very classic. I think Stage Door cartoon is a little bit more classic, but I think Hasty Hair. As being the second ever Marvin and Bugs one, and one of the first ones to really get the structure of the cartoons right, and also the design of Marvin correct, I would call that one classic as well. And I think we should have gotten to both of these ages ago. Yeah, and I just love Steve Zork cartoon. Oh, me too. Yeah, it's fantastic. And <clears> it had been too long. I love that one. I know it's an All right, thank you so much for your comment. Uh, before we get to what we're doing next week, we just want to take this opportunity to thank the people that have subscribed to our Patreon. People such as Triscrew, Andrew, James Irish, Sam Adams, the, the guy, not the drink. They have, um, have helped us out by pledging anywhere from a dollar to five dollars on our Patreon. And they get perks like being thanked in the middle of an episode in addition to their commentaries that they get that we record as well as early access to episodes and handwritten letters from me and also playbacks of live streams. So if you want to become a patron just like those four that I thank them to this episode, you can follow our patron at patreon.com slash TNQAF. Okay. Okay. So next week's pretty big. Woo. Um, we've been teasing it a while. A while, a while. Because when... Opportunities like this come around, you either run from them or you jump headfirst into them, and we are going to jump. Um, so remember a little while ago we asked you guys for suggestions for Porky Pig cartoons to cover. Um, we we the, the results of that, I don't think we've been shy about the results of that. Uh, Boobs in the Woods one, right? Yes, it did. Yes, uh, the, the the short booms. We got like we okay, keep on. We got so many suggestions from you guys. Thank you so much, by the way. Yeah, and you guys are great. We, we had I think I think we've had like a month's worth of like like if we were to cut everything down to like three shorts each episode, I think we would have like a month's worth of Porky Pig shorts to cover. Yeah, which for the record, in the future, I'd be down for a Porky month. Seriously. Yeah. And, right and even if they are not befitting of circumstances such as the ones we are covering these on. I would be down to cover more Porky Shorts because, you know, it's a blind spot of ours. But yeah, uh, so next week we are going to be covering these Porky Shorts, uh, which are, by the way, um, Baby Bottleneck, Bye Bye Bluebeard, I believe is the name of that one. Yes, it is. And Boobs in the Woods. And these run the gamut of Golden Age Porky, uh, the Melly era, the, the Doherty era, all of those from that. So we're going to be doing a, a much-needed uh, vintage Porky episode because we feel we should give him his due after only doing a couple uh, preliminary. We only did like, you know, just his first one of Wearing in the Grin. We've only done like Daffy Paroption. So we want to give him his due. Um, There's another element to this one. 
So um, I'm going to try and tell this story um, best I can. And Mark, if I get any details wrong, you can correct me. So not a long way into our run as a podcast, Mark at some point either got a you got a message from right yes i got a message from this person while i was at work yeah so i was on a register board and i got like a ding i looked down and went holy shit yeah and this person apparently told us that he listens to that's not quite all folks uh when he works out uh when he goes to the gym and various other things and has remained a trusted source uh, for our podcast on several, uh, when we've needed information on contemporary projects, we have asked this guy and he's been very gracious and he's been very gracious on another, another, on a number of different things. And so Mm -hmm. basically what we decided to do was we decided, because he's been such a a good fan of the show, uh, we decided um, to ask him if he wanted to come on and help us, uh, cover some Porky Pig cartoons, and he graciously obliged. Mm-hmm. And that's why next week we're going to be doing a Porky episode with Bob Bergen. So, Bob knows a thing <laughs> or two about Porky. He's been voicing the character for the last 30 years. He is no stranger to the voice acting world. He is no stranger to, you know, giving people a realistic view of how the voice acting world works. He's one of those guys that is very good to learn from. He's a very good resource for someone who wants to know a lot about the voice acting side of the Winnie Project, especially if we're curating, you know, a lot of the research on it. To say that Bob is an overqualified third talking head for a That's Not Quite All Folks episode is the understatement of a of century. So... Next week, we will be digging into three vintage Porky cartoons, and he will be joining us and giving some, getting in on the madness with us, essentially. And, uh, yeah, yeah. so um, we're going to do that. And just to give you an idea, Mark, of the two of us, is better at dealing with people worth a damn. By a bit. Yeah. By, uh, By a bit. I mean, I'm... I'm I'm getting better at it. I'm I'm little by little I'm getting better at it. I've I've been in situations where I've been with people worth a damn and I've done all right. But I still psych myself out if it's something that I have to prepare for. If I know I'm going to be in a room with somebody who's been in a field that I enjoy in a greater plane, I'm like, "Okay, do not screw this up, Jordan. This is, you know, somebody who's better at this than you are." Um you know, you're you're lucky to be there. And so going into the next week's show, uh, I am going to be a little nervous. Mark, you are probably also going to be a little nervous. Well, yeah, because, like, yeah. it's just well, from my perspective. I mean, we, we've we discussed Bob's um, performance in a multiple episodes. Um, he voiced Porky Pig in Duck Dodgers. So we grew up with Duck Dodgers. So there's that. Yes. Um, we've also praised his work in Looney Tunes cartoons. And the Looney Tunes show. And plenty of other and, things. And, and the Looney Tunes. Yeah. So it's it's weird because, like, that this wasn't a part of the plan of our show. We, we, never once we were, like, planning the show or doing the show. We were like, 
yeah, eventually, Looney Tune personnel was just want to come on our show. You say that, but you were already having your Eric Bowser fantasies in like 2020 still. So, <laughs> uh, it's okay if, for any other for any other podcasters out there. It's okay to have some delusions of grandeur when you're getting into this. If you, you're okay to have yeah. some pipe dreams, like oh, and maybe one day we can do this, and maybe one day we can have collabs with these people. And a lot of those things we've we've done. We've done our collab with, um, of course, you realize this means podcast. It went super well. We are now doing a collab with someone who is in the industry and is willing to talk with us about, you know, the character that he plays. But maybe this will open us up to other collabs with people who are worth a damn. So this is big. <laughs> and if uh, we ironically stammer a little bit more next week, that's why. So look forward to that. And it's the one episode where it would make sense. It would. It would. And uh, I will say, last time we had a collab of this uh, stature, I um, I didn't have any alcohol, but I had I, I nursed myself with a cherry Coke because it was a later podcast. And I um, I think that helped relax me a little bit. So maybe I'll do that again. Uh, uh, yeah. No alcohol, no no medicinal fun, just uh, just regular cherry Coke. So, yeah. Yes. Um, and... Um, I guess I'll also uh, announce this. Um, if you're a patron, if you give to that Sacramento folks Patreon, the day usually you know our rule is you know, on Sundays you get the full the, the full episode a day early. Yeah. Um, because this is such a big deal, and you know if the Zencaster gods allow all our video feeds to be great, which they should be. Um, if you give to the That's Not Good Old Folks Patreon, uh, the day before the episode goes live, I will put up the full unedited conversation with Bob. The full thing. Yeah, that's what we have to look forward to for our next episode. Uh, and that'll that'll begin um, what'll, what's very close to the third anniversary of us uh, being a podcast, because that's next month is July and... Uh, yeah, we start at the end of July 2020, and so this is the beginning of July 2023. So this is a big third anniversary present to us. Yes, it's a nice early anniversary present for us. We're doing a good job. So yeah. Oh my god. All right. So that's the end of this June bugs. Mm -hmm. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at Mark Halem 1995, and you can follow me at Tall Guy Schmidt. If I keep up with the podcast or give you thoughts for the biggest fucking episode I've ever done, um, you can uh, follow at that underscore loony both on Twitter and Instagram or type in the podcast title. We are the first result. You can also find our podcast wherever podcasts are readily available. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Player FM, Anchor, Stitcher, Amazon Music. We have a YouTube channel where we post a little anti-matic and um, edited bits based on clips from these episodes. We've had some very funny ones recently and hopefully there will keep being some funny ones as we go subscribe to us on youtube and get in on the fun and as i said earlier check out our patreon at patreon.com slash tnqaf yes um yeah yeah my video editing software got updated recently so now it won't like crap out after five minutes so maybe i'll do so maybe uh, i'll be making some like longer uh video edits, cool. nice. all right awesome all right so until next week um i'm mark 
And I'm Jordan, and we hope you've enjoyed Junebugs. And remember, if you're going to check in on your rabbit friend, make sure you know which end you're going in. Good night.